think that estate planning is only for the wealthy. Well, that couldn't be further from the truth. So find out why right now. Hey, welcome everybody into the Wealth Guardians radio program. We thank you very much for spending a piece of your Saturday with us here today. I've got JB here in the studio, as well as Bryce. Hey, guys, how y'all doing? Good. Good morning, Doug. Can you, Ready yeah. for another hot weekend? <laughs> <laughs> no, I am not. I'm ready for cool weather. Ready uh, for the pool. <laughs> you know, I, I mean, my goodness, <laughs> it's June and it feels like August already. I, I, I'm not even looking forward to August. <laughs> All right. For you first-time listeners to the show, I'm Doug Ray, and I'm the founding principal of Ray Financial Group in the, this Wealth Guardians radio program. We are an independent financial firm acting as fiduciaries and working with pre-retirees and retirees in all areas of retirement and estate planning. Our goal, our goal of this program is to inform listeners of up-to-date, relevant, and important information. We are fiduciaries with a fiduciary duty, and I have always run my practice in that manner. We have offices here in the triad as well as down in, in Charlotte. So again, welcome to the show, and as always, before we get going, we want to always reach out and thank all of our uh, service members and first responders for everything they do for us. And hello, everyone, and once again, welcome to the show today. You know, many people think that estate planning is only for the wealthy. Well, this couldn't be further from the truth. In today's financial and economic world, estate planning is critical for almost everyone, So today, we are going to discuss the many critical areas of estate planning and how it can save your heirs a lot of money and protect and preserve your legacy for your entire family. JB, as you said earlier, when people think of estate planning, it's generally thought of only being for the ultra-wealthy. Right. And, you know, actually, it's just not the case. People realize it or not, estate planning is a big part of retirement planning. Because legislation and demographic changes, as well as tax, inheritance, privacy laws, proper estate planning is greatly needed in almost every retirement plan today. So if you have to make it a point, don't forget about your estate planning. And Doug, let's start off by clarifying that the ultimate goal of estate planning is to pass on as much of your unused assets with the least amount of taxes, expenses, and fees, and do it as privately as possible. In other words, you want to protect and preserve your legacy for your family, your loved ones, and whatever charitable causes and interests you may have. And you don't have to be particularly wealthy, as you said, to have this goal. That's why you can't forget about proper estate planning and all the areas and factors it entails. You know, that's right, Bryce. In fact, there are many areas and factors that are not even thought about by people, such as non-existent or improper contingency planning for retirement plan assets. Yeah, you know, in order for your heirs to receive retirement plan asset money with the least amount of taxes and the most amount of protection, specific, accurate, and proper documentation needs to be in place. Yeah, and another area often forgotten about is not planning for second marriages. Well, JB, you know, in today's world, many widows and widowers do get remarried after a spouse passes away. My mother did power to her after my father passed away, and uh, that needs to be one of the factors in one's estate plan. And, you know, another area is not having a plan in place for incapacity or a long-term care illness. Yes, exactly. And, you know, I'm going to stress again, as we have said it several times on this show, folks, listen up. This is the number one cause of financial ruin for retirees 
is not being able to cover long-term care costs. You know, that's right. And finally, not understanding the different tax treatment of different types of inherited assets. Yeah, this is absolutely a huge factor. You know, as most people, they don't even think about or even consider that different assets are treated differently uh, tax-wise upon inheritance. Mm -hmm. You know, in other words, some assets are inherited tax-free, some are inherited partially taxable, some are inherited fully taxable. And some of those assets are fully taxable can be put in a position not to be fully taxable if you know exactly what you're doing and you act in the right time and time frame. So the bottom line is that you absolutely can lower or eliminate some taxes upon inheritance with proper planning. So today, we're going to cover these and some other estate planning areas that must be addressed in order to maximize, protect, and preserve your legacy that you absolutely want in the best way done for your family members. All right, gentlemen, let's start today with one of the most basic parts of estate planning, and that is the actual legal documents. Yep, the legal documents. Uh, that's the base of all estate plans. And in order for your heirs to receive this money with the least amount of taxes and most amount of protection, specific, accurate, and proper documentation needs to be in place and kept updated and accurate. The documents that we're referring to are documents such as the will, the trust, the financial power of attorney, health care power of attorney, living wills. These are all essential parts of the estate plan that do specific things. Now, in addition to these, you also have beneficiary designations. Some accounts pass money to your beneficiaries through a beneficiary designation instead of a will. And some of these types of accounts are like IRAs, 401Ks, 403Bs, and other retirement savings plans. Also, Doug, life insurance comes through as a beneficiary document, as well as annuities come through as beneficiary documents as well. Whoever is named on these beneficiary lines inside these contracts will receive the money at that time probate-free, and that's the key right there. Let me also add to this. The beneficiary document trumps everything. It trumps your will. It trumps everything. And that comes from the Supreme Court in a case they saw several years ago. So the moral of the story is this. If you've got an old 401k or an IRA or something you've made a beneficiary um, on and you something's in your life has changed, maybe that beneficiary's passed away, you need to routinely update this. So it behooves you when you sit down with your financial advisor at least once, maybe ever two or three years, to take a look at all of your beneficiary statements and make sure they're the way you want them to be. That's good advice, guys. In fact, Doug, weren't you telling me a funny story regarding a specific situation regarding your parents' legal documents the other day? Yeah, a friend of mine recently told me a story. He said that when his sister and himself were young, their parents were doing some estate planning, and they filled out paperwork that said in case something happened to them, that him and his sister would go live with their father or sister in Illinois. Mm-hmm. And they had to, they were going to obviously take care of them and raise them. Well, recently my friend's parents were updating some of their estate planning documents and noticed those instructions were still on the books. <laughs> and they were teasing my friend that if something happened to them, they would still have to go live with their relatives. <laughs> that would not be good. <laughs> no, 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 not at all. Obviously, both him and his sister, they're grown now. They've got children of their own. Uh, I'm sure their relatives would not want all of them moving in. Now, in seriousness here, that would not happen since they're adults. 
but it does tell you how some of these documents can get outdated pretty quickly. So again, make sure you keep them updated. That is right. And all of these estate planning documents don't just deal with things after you pass away. There are some things you need to take care of during your lifetime. Isn't that right, Bryce? That's right, Jimmy. Uh, Because of increasing longevity, there may be a time in your life that you'll become ill, can't handle the day-to-day activities and responsibilities, say, paying bills, making investment decisions, etc. Unfortunately, most people are just not prepared for the possibility that they might someday become physically or mentally incapacitated at some point and unable to manage their financial affairs. And incapacity can happen to you, me, to anyone at any time due to causes like a a serious injury, dementia, or other forms of illness. So it's essential to plan ahead for such a risk for both you and a spouse. What you need here are medical directives and durable powers of attorney. These allow you to name someone else that you trust to step into your shoes and make the decisions and handle the responsibilities legally if you can't do this. I know every time I go out mountain biking, my wife asks me if I'm got my papers in order. (laughs) You also want to make sure you get these documents that are enforceable in any state, not just the state that you're in, as many people travel a lot in retirement and you never know where you will be when you need these documents. And that's a great point, Bryce. Now, can just anyone be named here or does it have to be a relative? No, it can be essentially anyone, JB. It does not specifically have to be a relative. You just need to make sure that whomever you name is someone you actually trust. Obviously, you probably shouldn't name someone who has had financial issues in the past or name someone who's too young who may not understand later in life medical issues. And you know that you can name different people for different scenarios, like someone in charge of your medical affairs and someone else in charge of your financial affairs. Okay, guys, let's move on. The next estate planning factor that is often not addressed or planned for is the possibility of a second marriage. Absolutely. You know, I see a lot of it in uh, in, in our practice and uh, have experienced it personally with uh, my father-in-law. His, uh, my mother-in-law passed away back in 1998, way too young, and, and my father-in-law met this lady at church, and a few years later they got married. Um, the interesting statistics here, it kind of surprised me, really. I was reading the Wall Street Journal article, and they'd done various studies that show by – 25 months after a spouse's death, 61% of men and 19% of women are in a new relationship. And 25% of men and 5% of women have remarried. Hmm. So even though the percentages are not really high, the fact is that people who lose a spouse do end up getting involved with another person and even remarried sometimes. When that happens, it does create some estate planning issues, especially when there's children involved from previous marriages. The problem is that this is one area that's just not addressed much at all, especially in pre-planning. Well, I can believe that. And, you know, no one probably wants to talk about the possibility of a spouse marrying someone else after they pass away. No, they don't, JB. You're quite right. But for proper estate planning purposes, it may need to be addressed as it really can cause some issues for children and put some complexities on inheritances, living arrangements, et cetera. So, again, it's a difficult topic for discussion, but it's a factor in estate planning. Well, I'll tell you what, folks. We want to remind you, you are listening to The Wealth Guardian Show, heard right here on 94.5 WPTI. We certainly appreciate you being with us. Remember, you can reach Doug at 336-391-3409. 391-3409, or you can, of course, go online at thewealthguardians.com. We're up against a quick break, but stay tuned as when we come back, we are going to share with you 
more very important estate planning factors that you cannot forget to address. So make sure you stick around. We'll be right back here on 94.5 WPTI. Stay with us. Welcome back to the Wealth Guardians Radio Show here on 94.5 WPTI, where we tell you what you need to hear, not what you want to hear. Now, today we are discussing the many areas of estate planning that are commonly forgotten or not planned for properly. So far, we have addressed the many varieties of estate planning documents that are very important. We have also addressed the efforts, or I should say the effects that a second marriage can have on an estate plan And we have addressed the effects that living a long time can have on a family and an estate, especially when adult children have to step in and care for elderly parents. Now, we have a couple of more areas today that are very important factors in proper estate planning. So let's continue. The next area that many often forget about in estate planning is not understanding the different tax treatments of different types of inherited assets. That's a fact, JB. All assets have their own unique way of how they're treated tax-wise upon inheritance. Some assets are inherited completely tax-free. Some have partial taxes due on them. And some are fully taxed to the inheritor. For those assets that are partially taxable or fully taxable, there are some pre-planning tools available that may be able to help you implement or limit some of the tax burden on those assets. So you absolutely can lower or eliminate some taxes upon inheritance with proper planning. But to do this, you first have to know and understand how different types of assets are treated tax-wise upon inheritance. Let's go ahead and give an example, Doug. Sure, go ahead, Bryce. Let's say if you inherit a non-qualified brokerage account, maybe a savings account or a CD, then you will not owe any tax. If you inherit land or property, you're probably not going to owe any tax as well as it receives a stepped-up basis in value. Now, if you inherit a non-qualified annuity contract, you're going to owe a tax on a portion of this money as you will have to pay ordinary income taxes on the gain inside the contract. The taxable gain will be added to your existing income for the year, and you will have to pay tax at ordinary income tax rates at whatever bracket you might be in that year. So if you inherit an IRA or another type of pre-tax retirement account, then all that money is completely taxable at regular ordinary income tax rates. So the type of account you inherit will determine if it's taxable to you and how it will be taxed to you. Again, the understanding of this critical and some state planning tools, as we said before, that can implement during your planning years to minimize the taxes will be owed on this taxable money. Unfortunately, this area of estate planning is often not thought about until it's too late to make much of a difference. So address this area and and, and let's get proper help going. Absolutely. You also need to pay attention to possible state inheritance taxes and federal estate taxes. These can come into play in specific situations, and these are on top of any of the other taxes on the assets that you inherit. In fact, even if you're inheriting assets that are not specifically taxed to you upon inheritance, you may have to pay state inheritance taxes or federal state taxes, depending on the state you live in, or if the value of the overall estate is above certain levels. So things can get pretty complicated. 
It will help tremendously if you work with an advisor and an attorney who are specialists in the estate planning arena. So again, there are many different possible types of taxes upon inheritance. You want to make sure you have an understanding of all this before it's too late. All right, gentlemen, the last area of estate planning, which is often not done and that we want to address today, is to put together an estate planning master plan for your heirs. What's this all about, Doug? Well, you know, it's basically communicating your estate plan and putting together your estate plan in an easy-to-read guide or a roadmap for the heirs. Mm -hmm. A very big part of the ultimate value of an estate plan is the proper knowledge and understanding of the plan by the people that will eventually carry out that plan. So here at Ray Financial Group, whenever we develop an estate plan for a client, we highly encourage a family meeting. And that's to address and explain what the plan is for, what family members are involved, and how to effectively carry out the plan when it's time. Essentially, it's a roadmap or a master plan, if you will, master guide. And it's to know family members that an estate plan is there and it is in place. And it can also give details on important documents such as pension, survival benefits, life insurance policies, investment retirement plans, taxable versus tax-free accounts, legal documents, debts, location of documents. Also make sure they know who to call and have phone numbers listed for your attorneys, your financial advisors, your accountants. Put all this information together in what's basically a survivor's guide and put it in a safe place where everyone knows it's there. This can help tremendously because many times the person putting together the estate plan, the parents, they don't inform people who are going to be uh, and have eventually have to eventually carry out these plans. The details and all this during their lifetime, this can cause a lot of problems. So communicate your wishes and your plan with your family to ensure everyone is on the same page. This will also give you some time to work out any potential differences or conflicts during your lifetime, which can also save a lot of time, money, and problems down the line. Obviously, this can help a lot, especially during a very difficult time period. I'll tell you, we, we uh, implemented several years back a policy where after every new account that comes on board, when we get back together again and, and give them their documents, I have basically created a booklet we give everybody that essentially does this. It's something that they can go in they can write down all their accounts, who the advisor on the accounts are, who to call. And then I encourage them to fill that out and give it to uh, a family member uh, that they can they can trust because, you know, it is a great tool to have when, you know, it has to be put into into effect. Well, and this brings me to a question that I may want to jump in here um, because of bring a real-life situation into the conversation. We all know and heard about Prince, the performer, a year or so mm -hmm. ago, passed away unexpectedly. And there were a lot of reports. It was all over the news about his estate was not in order. Now, what exactly does that mean, Doug? Yeah, that's a great case for an example, JB. I'll, I'll take that one, Doug. Prince passed away unexpectedly at the early age, I think at 57. Yeah, that was right. And for a long time, no one was able to locate his will. Now, unlike most of us, Prince had a huge amount of assets held personally in his own name. That means a long probate process and lots of fees for the lawyers. And that's assuming that there isn't any dissension among his family members. It only gets worse if there is. 
You know, this can be the same even for people who are not excessively wealthy. The lesson to be learned here is that your estate planning documents need to be up to date, and these documents need to be checked regularly, especially after a life event such as a birth, death, or a divorce. And, you know, Prince isn't the only one. I mean, a lot of uh, famous people come to mind. There was a Marilyn Monroe case mm-hmm. where her estate went years before it got settled, and I, I think the same thing was true with, with Elvis Presley. Mm-hmm. So, you know, even in the best-case scenario, when a beneficiary form or title to jointly owned property are not updated, they will pass in accordance with the terms of your will, assuming you have one. But in a worst-case scenario, you're trading the ability to use your plan for passing on your assets for the government's plan. Mm-hmm. The state of North Carolina has a will written for you if you die in test state. And those uh, rules of intestacy in your state will determine who inherits your assets. And, of course, they'll be only what remains of your assets after court fees, attorney fees have been paid. So if your heirs are contentious or litigious, there will be even less for some of them to inherit. So I, I, I guess then it would say don't be like Prince. Don't be like Elvis. Don't be like Merriman. No, don't ignore your estate planning documents. And if you already have them in place... Don't stop there. Review them every once in a while. Perhaps now's a good time to do that. So, as you can see, estate planning is not just for the ultra-wealthy. There's many areas of proper estate planning that need to be done by most everyone. Don't forget to ignore these areas, as it can really make a big difference in the ultimate value of the legacy you're going to leave behind, as well as save your heirs a lot of valuable time and money. And remember, always make sure you obtain the proper help and work with a qualified, competent, educated, and experienced retirement specialist, not just your neighbor who you see in the garage. Make sure you're aware of and understand all of your options to make sure your planning is set up the absolute best way for your unique and specific situation and to keep your retirement nest egg safe and sound, for Pete's sake. Okay, Doug, another factor in estate planning that is not addressed or planned for too often is the fact and the expense of parents living for a very long time. You know, J.B., it's happening more and more. Uh, We see parents living a very long time in retirement, and obviously that comes with a cost. Right. In fact, some adult children, um, many actually have to support the parents who are living uh, longer than expected. And without proper planning, this could cause some problems, as many states have enacted philatelal support statutes that allow creditors to go after children for the cost of a parent's care, with possible criminal penalties for noncompliance. So... If your parents live in 29 states or Puerto Rico that has philatelal responsibility laws on the books, you could potentially be held legally responsible for the care under certain circumstances, such as when your parents are ailing without sufficient financial resources to take care of themselves. Now, even though many people have not heard of this before, philatelal support laws aren't new. In fact, they date back to 16th century England called the Poor Laws. And at one time, as many as 45 states had these statutes obligating the adult children for the care for their parents. And some states started repealing these philatelal support laws after Medicaid took a greater role in providing for relief to elderly patients without means. Other states didn't. And a large number of philatelal support laws remained dominant on the books. North Carolina is a state that does not have the the philatelal laws. All right, so that's about uh, all the time we got for today. 
You know, we firmly believe that planning ahead is the most important thing you can do to help secure your financial future, whether man or woman, and lack of involvement leaves women potentially exposed to financial hardship later in life. If there's one thing we hope you take with you today, it's that we want you to begin taking control of your financial future. You know, you can start by having a conversation with your husband or your family. Start educating yourself about wealth management, financial planning, and investing. Do you know what questions to ask to assure that your financial decisions are based on fact and logic, not emotion or opinions? Don't sit on the fence because the market's been doing well. Contact us for a no-obligation review and let us help you determine if you're making sound financial decisions based on facts and logic, not myths, not misconceptions. I want to help you identify any money that could be falling through the cracks and help you assure your financial decisions are right for you. Call us at 336-391-3409 and ask about any of our upcoming educational workshops. Join us again next week for another Wealth Guardians radio program.